Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. We're recording in the beautiful Spurgeon Library here at Midwestern. It's a rainy morning. It's my favorite kind of weather. I don't know what you think about the rain. Um, I, unlike other people, am not prejudiced against the rain. Um, I'm prejudiced against the sunshine. The sunshine is depressing to me. So I feel energized. I feel enthusiastic. Uh, It's a great day, a great day to be alive, and I want to talk to you today about preaching, one of the pastor's favorite subjects, preaching. And I want to share an outline of questions that the pastor can ask um, of every sermon, manuscript or outline, in, in order to be sure that they are preaching along the right tracks. What are the basic elements of biblical preaching? How would you know if you're preaching a Christian sermon and not simply giving a religious or spiritual lecture. I'm assuming that you care about such things. You don't want to be up in the pulpit or up at the lectern or up at the music stand simply giving you know a religious pep talk to people. You actually want to be preaching according to the contours of the Scriptures. And so if that's your concern, um, I want to offer you some questions that you could ask of every sermon that might help you. Um, While I think gospel-centered expository proclamation is the best approach to fulfilling the biblical call to preach, I think that that sort of terminology could use some filling out. And since preachers like alliteration and lists, uh, I thought I might suggest a checklist reflecting what I propose to be the irreducible complexity of true Christian preaching. So next time you're preparing a sermon, maybe keep these questions in mind. Maybe you want to take some notes, write these down. And after um, the next time you preach, share this list with your fellow elders or another team of trusted advisors and ask them to apply the questions to your delivered message. Okay, so let's begin. Here's the first question to ask of your sermon. Is your sermon contextual? The word contextual is really important. Uh, It's more specific than simply asking if the message is textual. Because a lot of preachers use Bible verses in their sermons. You ask any preacher if they preach from the Bible, um, they're all going to say yes. Um, They may be using the Bible much differently than each other, uh, but they'll all say they're using the Bible. And so we can't just say, is the sermon textual or biblical? Because um, people will invariably say yes without really sort of self-reflecting. What we want to ask is, is your sermon contextual? Um, Putting some Bible verses in your sermon is not the same thing as preaching the Bible. Uh, Moreover, simply explicating one or two verses, which is, you know, in and of of itself totally fine to do, um, still may also not capture the import of even those one or two verses if they're taken out of context. So we have to make sure that the biblical text drives what we want to say and not the other way around. We need to make sure that what we want to say isn't driving what we are saying about the biblical text. So even if you aren't preaching a whole passage of Scripture, you need to make sure that whatever portion you're preaching is kept in the context of the passage where it's found. Every biblical text should be interpreted according to its immediate context, and every immediate context should be interpreted according to the greater context of the gospel storyline of Scripture. As the old preacher's dictum goes, a text without a context is a pretext for a proof text. So ask the question, first and foremost, is your sermon contextual? Secondly, is your sermon convictional? 
In other words, does it express declarations of truth? Is your sermon convictional? Uh, The import of a Christian sermon is not simply to raise questions and coddle felt needs, but to proclaim, thus saith the Lord. So our preaching comes with conviction. It comes with conviction about who God is, what God has done, and what this means for you and me. Convictional preaching means we don't preach as if every sentence ends with a question mark. You ever heard preaching like that? It's, it's really irritating, and it doesn't reflect the authoritative word that God has handed out to us through the uh, um, Holy Spirit. Convictional preaching means we don't hem and haw about sin and about the law. Convictional preaching means we don't flinch at the realities of hell and wrath. Convictional preaching means we don't cater to the world's values or consumeristic impulses. Convictional preaching means we don't avoid or soften the essential and orthodox doctrines of historic Christianity. And perhaps most fundamentally, convictional preaching means we preach the written word of God as if it is inspired and infallible, sufficient and supernatural, living and life-giving. Is your sermon convictional? Is your sermon clear? That's the third question to ask. Is your sermon clear? Remember that a good theological sermon is not one that people find difficult to understand. Uh, It's not a win if people walk away scratching their head. Uh, And maybe one of the best narrative examples of expository preaching in the scriptures, uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, we read that the scribes and priests, reading from God's word to the gathered people, did so, quote, clearly, and they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading, unquote. So there are two aspects of clarity that are important here. There is clear speaking, and there's clear understanding. So good preaching isn't dumbed down, of course, and it very often stretches the hearer's intellects. That's okay, but it's best to stretch hearer's intellects with big thoughts of God, not big words of preachers. The specific context of your community and congregation can certainly factor into what kind of illustrations you use, what kind of vocabulary you employ, etc. But just remember that even if you're preaching at Harvard, making it difficult to understand the Bible, much less respond to it, is not any kind of validation of your homiletical prowess. Sometimes I think this is why some preachers stick to the King James Version of the Bible. The archaic language is difficult for modern ears to make sense of, and because of that, the preacher can pretend to be some specially anointed exegetical priest, uh, repository of the divine gnosis. Um, And if you didn't understand that last sentence, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You have to know your audience, and then you have to help your audience know God's word. Make it clear. Okay, let's take a short break here and hear from our friends and hosts at Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word 
into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu mdiv today. Midwestern Seminary's Doctor of Ministry degree program is your next step in training for local ministry. The Doctor of Ministry program at Midwestern Seminary is designed to equip and train leaders with a commitment to the local church. With multiple emphases available, including counseling, church revitalization, expository preaching, leadership, and missions, among others, your program provides the equipping you need in practical theology for direct church work and ministry leadership. And because all of our doctoral programs are modular, you don't have to leave your current ministry to pursue your degree. For more information, visit mbts.edu today. That's mbts.edu. Okay, we're back. We're talking about the basic elements of biblical preaching. What is the irreducible complexity of true Christian preaching? And I'm offering, in true preacher fashion, five C's here, five uh, questions, five C questions to ask of every sermon. And so far, we've um, utilized the questions, is your sermon contextual? Is your sermon convictional? And is your sermon clear? Here's the fourth question to ask. Is your sermon compassionate? Is your sermon compassionate? Um, I've heard Alistair Begg say that preaching is a passionate pleading. Preaching is a passionate pleading. This question for your sermon evaluation is really simply asking this. Are you preaching out of love? Is love the motivating factor in your preaching? What is your motivation in your message? This doesn't mean that every sermon must have the same emotional tone. Different texts of Scripture carry the tones of their context. Some biblical texts call for rebuke, and some call for rejoicing. Some call for both. One of the great advantages of expository preaching is that it helps us preach according to the grain of the text. But it's possible to bring emotion to a sermon that is either completely unwarranted by the text itself or totally unhelpful to the aim of helping people see Jesus, right? So we've all um, heard um, preachers who seem to think that preaching equals yelling, that if they just increase the volume, uh, somehow they're preaching really well. Um, But you should know that if all of your sentences end with exclamation points, effectively none of them do. Preachers who start out at 11 and stay at 11 and end at 11 essentially become white noise. Um, They're not going with the grain of the text. Um, They're not really captivating their listeners. They're just sort of bombarding them with homiletical volume. So to preach with compassion is not simply to preach happy or sad or loud or with deep emotions. All those things in their measure are well and good. Preaching as a human act um, ought to employ the range of human emotion and ought to engage both the preacher's and the congregation's hearts but emotions can be misaimed. So to preach with compassion, then, we ought to preach with, first of all, a pervasive concern for the expansion of the glory of Christ. We really want um, the fame of Jesus to be the point of the sermon. Um, Secondly, a deep affection for the church, uh, that she might be edified and stirred in her affections for Christ. And thirdly, a sincere and thorough desire for lost souls to be rescued from their sin and from the wrath it deserves. To preach with compassion is to preach with compassion for the lost. All right, number five, the, the fifth question to ask of your sermon is, is your sermon cross-centered? Is your sermon cross-centered? 
Uh, this last question is perhaps the most important in all of your preaching. You can preach an expository sermon with clarity and conviction and even compassion, but if you've missed the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've not even preached a Christian sermon. Only the gospel of Christ's cross and resurrection can both save a lost soul and sanctify a found one. It is God's grace in the good news of Christ's life, death, and glorified raising that provides the power sinners need to grow and to go, and it is only God's grace that does that. This is why Paul is resolved in his ministry, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, to know only Christ and Him crucified. Is your sermon cross-centered? Um, one of my favorite illustrations of this point comes from um, Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers himself. I thought I would share it with you um, as we close our time together. Spurgeon says, A young man had been preaching in the presence of a venerable divine, and after he had done, he went to the old minister and said, What do you think of my sermon? A very poor sermon indeed, said he. A poor sermon, said the young man. It took me a long time to study it. Ah, no doubt of that. Well, why did you not think my explanation of the text a very good one? Oh, yes, said the old preacher, a very good one indeed. Well, then, why do you say it's a poor sermon? Didn't you think the metaphors were appropriate and the arguments conclusive? Yes, they were very good as far as that goes, but still, it was a very poor sermon. Will you tell me why you think it is a poor sermon? Because, said he, there was no Christ in it. Well, said the young man, Christ was not in the, in the text. We are not to be preaching Christ always. We must preach what is in the text. So the old man said, Don't you know, young man, that from every town and every village and every little hamlet in England, wherever it may be, there is a road to London? Yes, said the young man. Ah, said the old divine. And so from every text in Scripture, there is a road to the metropolis of the Scriptures, that is, Christ. And my dear brother, your business, and when you get to a text, is to say, now what is the road to Christ? And then preach a sermon running along the road towards the great metropolis, Christ. And, said he, I have never yet found a text that had not got a road to Christ in it. And if I ever do find one that has not a road to Christ in it, I will make one. I will go over hedge and ditch, but I would get at my master. For the sermon cannot do any good unless there is a savor of Christ in it. A savor of Christ, brothers. That's what all of us are dying for. To see, to behold, to taste and see that God in Christ is good. So whatever you do, preacher, do not deny your people the cross of Jesus Christ. Don't treat the gospel like an add-on or an afterthought. Preach it from every text to every heart on every occasion. So there they are, the five C's of preaching. Contextual, convictional, clear, compassionate, cross-centered. I pray that they will serve you well. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. Uh, I hope that you'll share it with a friend. Give us a great review on iTunes or your other podcast platforms. Until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, Managing Editor of For the Church, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.